Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. You're with Paige and Amanda. We have so much to talk about. Right now, in this moment, Tiger Woods is in his plane flying to Augusta. It is looking very promising that Tiger Woods will be in the field at the masters and I like have goosebumps just even yeah. thinking about it. I know. I like I woke up this morning and the news was kind of tracking Tiger's plane to Augusta. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just saw a video about five minutes before we jumped on here to record of his plane making its descent into uh, Augusta Regional. I guess whatever the other airport is, it's the runway's not big enough for his plane. So they have to go to Augusta. It's a little airport there and it's exciting. Like this means that Tiger has passed all of his other tests, like everything that he needed to do to even consider playing a practice round at Augusta. Just, you know, this doesn't mean he's playing. It just means that he's going to see if he can play. And I think that's a huge step in itself. hundred percent. I think it's less about is his game there. We, we saw him at the PNC. His game actually looked really good. His swing looked good. He looks physically fit. Mm-hmm. I think it's, can he walk mm-hmm. four rounds at Augusta National? Yep. If you've never been out there, it is so incredibly hilly. And I think people are really surprised by that because on TV, yeah, you can see some of the elevation changes, but in person, it is unbelievable how up and down that golf course is. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's going to be really his only true test to see like, Hey, can I walk this golf course? Do I feel okay? Can I play four rounds here at Augusta? Because I know he's not going in there thinking, Oh, well, I just want to be there to miss the cut. He's going in there thinking like, I want to win the tournament. And so it's like, can his body hold up for the four rounds? And it's Tiger Woods. When he played Tory at the U S open, he was playing on a broken leg. 
So we know that he has a really high threshold for pain, Mm -hmm. but is this good for him? Will it set him back? I think obviously he has such a smart team and he knows his body so well that we'll see what happens, but you're right. I mean, I think he's passed all of the tests. We got a really creepy video of someone taking <laughs> of yeah. him, like, I don't know. He was like, from the reeds. Yeah. Like from yeah. like wherever they were taking a video of tiger. Um, his swing looked amazing. Obviously he's been practicing a ton. It's, it's going to be interesting. I know. I feel like he's going to play. I, do I feel that he would have called it by now mm-hmm. if he knew that it wasn't going to happen or this is just one major tease and he's just like fuck you guys i yeah. make you think that i'm playing and then i really yeah. am just like hanging out see like if anyone were gonna try to do some kind of pit boy it's not gonna be tiger like i tweeted earlier like tiger wins the pit just by existing like if phil still had a plane then that would be like a pit move. Like Phil just sent his plane up there just to circle, you know, PM, whatever. I think it was his old tail number was like N800 PM or something like that. And, you know, people would have been tracking that, but he doesn't have plane anymore. So he doesn't have any like pimp stunts to do. So I, I do, I think it's genuine. I think that Tiger is, I think he wants, you know, he thinks if he tees it up, it means he thinks he can win the event. So um, like you said, Augusta is very hilly. I've been saying that on Twitch all week, people have been asking me and I'm like, look, Augusta is so hilly. Like if you want to start at St. Andrews, that's one thing, but starting at Augusta, you know, it's your first tournament back. It's tough. There is a lot of elevation change there and there's a lot of opportunity for him to slip, which he's done. He's tweaked his knee and his back before. So there's a lot, uh, a lot of moving parts, but I think, I, I do think that there is a chance that, that he will be there, but what kind of impact page do you think Tiger playing this year's masters versus not playing this year's masters would have? I think anytime that Tiger Woods is in the field, it's great for the game of golf. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's going to tune in to watch him play. I think when now it just seems like a natural progression, but let's think back a year ago at the crash during the Genesis, Mm -hmm. we all thought for like a second, Tiger Woods is dead. Yeah. We thought we lost Tiger Woods and then we found out, okay, he's okay. Mm -hmm. And then it was, is he going to have a leg or not? Yeah. You know? So now it's like, oh yeah, like he's recovered and all this stuff. But just a year ago, Mm -hmm. we were in this point where it's like, is he going to walk again? Is he ever going to play golf again? Is he okay? Like, is he, you know, we had all of these questions and for it to be now at this point, Augusta is right around the corner and he is, I would say 95% going to play. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Yeah. It is truly, truly shocking. And for him to just tee it up is going to be a major win for himself. I think for his family, for the game of golf, it's mm-hmm. massive. It's huge. I always thought that we would potentially have Tiger back again, mm-hmm. but I didn't know the status of his health. Yeah. Like, can he walk again? Could he play again? Um, but the fact that he's so determined and how he saw him shape at the PNC, it's amazing. It's good for golf. I don't care if he goes out there and he shoots an 85. Seeing him tee up after everything he's been through will be good. No, I agree. And I think Tiger has just been so dominant in his career. You know, we saw him as world number one for how long and now we have a new world number one who actually got there quicker than tiger did you know with with the wins and stuff so i think scotty scheffler as the new world number one i don't know i don't know if he's the next tiger you know i always say drives me nuts and people try to you know make every time someone wins a tournament the next tiger but you know as world number one i think scotty scheffler is just gonna continue to do what he's been doing. What do you think after, you know, he's won three times in his last five events. He's won, I think, $147, $147,000 a day for the last 44 days or something crazy like that. It's really interesting 
when you think about Scotty Scheffler. So he's 25 years old. I think people always they're shocked to find out how old he actually is because he looks like yeah. he works on wall street. Yeah. He's in his mid forties and yeah. has three kids, you know, Literally, like, he looks like he's like seen some shit in his yes. life, but he's, he's 25 mm-hmm. and he's winning a lot right now. He is the most dominant player. Clearly he's number one in the world. Now he dethroned Rom. Mm-hmm. No one's even been talking about John Rom. Honestly, he hasn't even been in the mix much, but I almost feel bad for Scotty Scheffler because He is the most dominant player in the game right now. He is so young. I think he's the best young player that we have. Mm -hmm. We're all talking about Tiger. Yeah. And that seems to always happen. It's like these guys just don't have the it factor. Let's just take away how dominant Tiger is. He just has this it factor, this, this charismatic, you know, He's, he's aloof at times, but he's also really yeah. Amazing. He's elusive. He's, a, like, he's an enigma. You want to know more? He's really hard to figure out, mm-hmm. and I think that's why people are so drawn to him because he's so private. Yet mm-hmm. there's been so much of his personal life that's been in the public eye. He can be very aloof, but he's also very charismatic. He doesn't sometimes always give the best interviews, but they're sometimes then super funny. You get the best clips out of them. So he is really difficult to figure out. I think that's what people like what brings people in mm-hmm. we talked about this in the last episode all these guys are just they're just nice good guys scotty shuffler a genuinely really good person mm-hmm. a really nice person but he's lacking to me that it factor that can bring different generations into the game from all different diverse backgrounds they just doesn't have that like that thing that i think when we talk about the next tiger I think it has less to do about the game, but more about that it factor. And I don't think we, we've mm-hmm. found that person yet. And I don't know if we ever will. I think Tiger is Tiger Woods. <laughs> like he's just going to, yeah. like there's, there's never going to be another Tiger Woods, Mm-mm. but you look in other sports, you have, you know, like basketball, there's so many really engaging players that have huge fan bases. Mm-hmm. Does Scotty Scheffler have a huge fan base? Like when people go out and watch Scotty Scheffler, I don't question. know. I think so. Like, I've just kind of been hearing a lot of people, they love the chef. They love Scotty Scheffler. People seem to really like him. Like, he seems kind of like the frat boys like him, you know, the country boys like him. Like, everyone just kind of likes Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, he's not that, it, um, I don't I don't even notice he have social media. I assume someone runs it for him. But there is something about him. Like, he smiles and he's, you know, he's just kind of like a kid. But then at the same time, like an 80-year-old man. So it's, you kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's paradoxical to kind of watch him. But it's it's fun. I think he he doesn't quite have that it factor. I don't think anyone quite has that it factor like Tiger. Maybe Rory. Like Rory's pretty private. Rory's kind of elusive. But then again, Rory is always there to give you a really good soundbite. So um, maybe not the best example. But yeah, I think to be world number one, like you said, you know, we haven't really heard much from Rom. Rom was finishing in the top 10 every single week for what seemed like an entire season. And now, you know, he's quote unquote fallen off because he's finishing in the top 20. But um, I think Scotty Scheffler, if he continues to do what he has been doing these last, you know, last month and a half, I think the sky's the limit. I think he could very easily be world number one for a very long time. So, um, but I also think kind of the pressure right now going into the first major of the season for the men, going into the masters, he has three wins wins in the last month and a half heading into that you know is he gonna win the masters it's like you you would think you know realistically he should but um there's just there's just so many factors and um real quick when you said you know there's always that 
talk about Tiger. It's like the other guys are kind of getting overlooked for Tiger, but I almost would think that that might be beneficial. Takes the pressure off of them. Right. Except for Brooks. Like Brooks is the one guy that's like, please talk about me. Like, please put <laughs> pressure on me. Whereas everyone else is like, don't ask me that. You know, Scotty Sheffield was like, don't ask me about world number one. You know, I'm not going to talk about it yet um, until I go out there and win kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, I don't know. I think, I think it does take a little bit of the pressure off. And I think that that probably helps. Looking at the golf courses that Scotty has won on this year, they have very kind of similar course profiles, I would say. Mm -hmm. Do you think that his game is going to hold up on a more difficult golf course that's set up in major championship conditions? Yeah, and that's interesting. Like, I think, so when he won at the, at um, Waste Management, that's a course where really anyone can go out there and win. It's, you know, an easy course to play. Um, You know, the scoring was pretty good, though, this year. And then, you know, he went on to win it on a Palmer Invitational, much harder course, yeah. much stronger field. That was a really, I mean, they played like major championship caliber golf there. I mean, that rough was four inches. They did not cut it from, I think, Monday or Tuesday on. So oh, shit, I forgot that he won there. This is the thing about like Scotty Scheffler. I just like fucking forget yes. what he has done. It's been, it's been so much. Like, I feel like it's just kind of been a whirlwind for us. You said Arl Palmer and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. He won three times already. Like, I, yeah. I, it just slips my mind with him. And I know like, that continuously happens where it's like, he's kind of just in the background for me. And I'm like, he's there, but he's and not then he like, wins. Yeah. And then he wins. He's like, not the first person that I'm like, Scotty Scheffler. I am going to take him this week. And even with the right. masters coming up, I, I'm not like all in on Scotty. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Sam Burns, whereas he's like <laughs> there every week. And I'm always like, guys, he's so good. You have to bet him. And then come Sunday, he's, you know, about to finish top five. And I'm like, I know I have a top five or top 10 bet on him and I have no money on him. And I'm like, okay. So Sam Burns, like we need to just remember to bet Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's like, that's the important thing. Just bet those two. It will be interesting. Like you were saying, the pressure going into a major championship. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of the young guys, they haven't had also the obligations. I think that people forget all of the extra work that they have to do when you are a top player. You have your press conferences, you have sponsor obligations, you have all of these other things that in the beginning of your career, especially these young guys, Mm -hmm. maybe they'll have like a couple sponsors here and there, but it's not like you have to go out a couple days before and do meet and greets and you don't have to do uh, photo shoots. And this is during a week that you're prepping, especially for Mm -hmm. the masters and even doing press conferences. I think we've seen this before where these guys, they're in the press conference and they're asking the questions like, you know, with Colin Morikawa, why is your putting so bad? How are you going to get better with putting? <laughs> I know. That's something you really want to hear no. before you go and play a major. And so I think that does take time for people to adjust to, but Sky Scheffler seems so unfazed by yeah. everything, literally everything. And he just keeps yeah. going out there and winning and winning and winning. But I'm I'm just not bought into it yet. Like I like Scotty. He's mm-hmm. a really great guy. He seems awesome. Yeah. But I don't know if there's just, just like an amazing stretch of a couple of weeks where he's just like playing really great. Mm-hmm. Or is this going to turn into a really long lasting successful career where he has five to 10 majors and he has, you know, two to three wins every single year. I don't know yet. I really just don't know with his game. So I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, 10 major winner. I could see him winning two to four in his career but I I think he's going to be around for the long haul if you remember I mean he won the web tour um 
moneyless title to make it onto the PGA tour. I think that was like 2018 and 2019. He was rookie of the year. So Scotty Scheffler has just done a lot in mm-hmm. the time that he has played professional golf. Now it did take it. It took him quote unquote, you know, a year or two years to win, but he's won three times. Like we keep saying, and it's easy to kind of forget like, Oh yeah, it was waste management. Then it was Arno Palmer. Then it was the match play last week. Cause it just kind of happened in such quick su- succession. Um, but I think he's going to be around for a while. I don't think he's going to be someone that's going to like fade into oblivion. And I, I think there are a lot of the players that are kind of coming out here now. It's like the talent just to get on the tour. You have to be just so good. And we don't really see that as much with players like, oh, a top player kind of fade off. Like Jason Day, he's had his injuries. He's kind of faded from what he was, but he's still out there playing well. You know, yeah. he hasn't won too long ago. Um, Rory's not playing as he was, but he still won two times last year. So I think um, Scotty Scheffler is going to be around for a long run. I think he's probably going to be something like a Rory um, where he's around and people care about him and or even like a DJ and you know, DJ has 20 plus wins on the PGA tour. So there is, it's kind of hard when the, the bar that set is like tiger for, for being yeah. good at, at golf. <laughs> Whereas you look at all these other players, you're like, wow, okay. DJ has 20, uh, t- more than 20 wins on tour. Rory has more than 20 wins on tour. And Rory won twice last year. And I totally forgot he won the CJ cup. Like that totally like went over my head. Um, like looking back on his stats or earlier this year, I was like, oh yeah forgot about that but I definitely think Scotty Scheffler is going to be around for the long haul I don't think he's going to win you know like 10 majors but he, he's going to be around for a while three names that I've been thinking about a lot they've been in the mix but really haven't played to I think their potential is Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. Justin Thomas mm-hmm. and Jordan Spieth yes I think we always bring those names up but I, I would say the biggest surprise to me is Justin Thomas mm-hmm. he looked like a player who was going to be considered almost like a next tiger he started to win a lot um he looked like he was going to have a career of five to ten majors it's slowed down a little bit now how are you feeling about his career and where he's at with his game yeah I mean he like you just said you just turned 29 right and I think you guys are around the same age so I think he's about to turn 29 um this month I think he's like an April birthday so um I think the best of his career is, is coming up. Like, I just think he's so talented. Um, You know, he won the players last year and you kind of forget about that because he really didn't quote unquote do much after that, but he still won the players. And you kind of would have thought that that may have set him up for a little bit more, um, tournament success as the year went on but he went to the Ryder Cup he had a good showing at the Ryder Cup like he's a player like when I think of top Americans I'm thinking of who's going to make the Ryder Cup every year and it's going to be Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson and I think Scotty Shefflett for the next few years like yeah you know for Jordan Spieth has kind of fallen off like he was someone that we would have expected to continually be on the Ryder Cup team but like Justin Thomas even with his quote-unquote lackluster year I think he's going to be someone that's going to be on the Ryder Cup team for a long time to come I think he's someone that's going to have a card on the PJ tour for a long time to come and I think he's going to keep winning well into his 40s I think so too um same with I think Jordan Spieth is going to do the same thing I think he's yeah. going to have amazing years and I think he's going to have mm-hmm. down years that he's just a, a bit of a streaky player because it all depends on how well he's putting and so when he's mm-hmm. feeling it I feel like he really plays off of his confidence same with DJ too once DJ gets hot then he's Agreed. unstoppable mm-hmm. and Rory too and they're mm-hmm. just streaky players where it's, it's just like golf, you know it's just and golf. you know it yeah it's like one of those things where, I mean, I'm sure you, when you played your tournament golf, you would have, you know, a week where you'd have a really good week. And then the next week would be really good. And then you have, you know, two weeks not playing great. And then, you know, three, four weeks of playing amazing golf. So like, did you see that in your career? 
Oh, a hundred percent. I was talking to one of my friends on tour and they said that you make all of your money in two to three weeks Mm -hmm. when you're just feeling your game. And so it's like, you have to capitalize on when things are clicking because it golf is such a game of confidence. And so when you get that confidence, I'm sure you can think about this too. And anyone listening right now, think back to your best round of golf. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking of anything. No, the hole looks big. You're making everything like it just is. It just comes together. It's not, you're not doing anything differently. You're not thinking of anything differently. You're just feeling it. And then you kind of get that confidence and then you hit one bad shot and then all goes to shit. And you're like, okay, let's rebuild again. And then it's weeks of trying to get that feeling back. But it's just so weird that like when you have those good rounds and you're playing well, there's not a a thought in your mind, a care in the world. It just makes it so easy. And it is, it's like, you just have those couple good weeks and then it all falls apart. And then you have to rebuild to get hopefully another couple good weeks and then it all falls apart. And And that's why we love golf so much. I think something though, that we did slightly mentioned in the beginning was Phil Mickelson Mm -hmm. not playing in the masters. And that was a huge story with uh, mixed reviews. I think a lot of people are like, "Eh, well, I don't really care. I'm kind of, I kind of feel that way because I'm petty because he blocked me and I don't really care about Phil anymore. (laughs) And then a lot of people are, they're missing Phil. You know, they feel that, you know, potentially it's, it's unfair. There's a lot of speculation on why he's not playing. Is it fact that he just doesn't want to play is he suspended was he not invited back like whatever it might be um but I don't really care that Phil isn't at the masters and again my opinion is coming from a very petty place (laughs) (laughs) you'll need to understand that um once you block me you're dead to me so I have no no good feelings towards Phil um yeah but Penny I'm just like I don't I don't really I'm kind of over the Phil drama, to be honest. Yeah, I think at some point it's like we, the golf world's just got to move on. Like Phil needs to be allowed to play. You know, it's like I don't know. I just there's got to be something else going on behind the scenes with the people that make the decisions because there's no reason that he's still not playing. Like after what he said, like he, you know, uh, wasn't good what he said at all. Not okay. But I don't think it was something that would be like career ruining, you know, cause you look at, you know, other players that have been caught saying stuff on hot mics, not even, um, in an interview and, you know, they get, um, a little bit in trouble for that. So I think at some point Phil needs to come back, but I think there's a lot of kissing and making up that needs to be done in a certain town in North Florida. And until that happens, I don't think we're going to see Phil Mickelson. Um, Someone asked me on Twitch last night, they're like, well, he'll have to play the US Open. I said, absolutely not. Like if he's not back playing tour stuff, like if he hasn't made up with the governing bodies of golf, USGA is not going to be the first to welcome him back with opening arms. Sure as hell will not play a USGA event. They have a... And it's really interesting when you think of all the different governing bodies in golf. Yeah. He kind of has beef with a lot of them. Like, it's not just, like, the PGA Tour. It's, like, he hates the USGA. I don't think people remember when he was putting back and forth and just kept, he just. was there. I was standing on the green at Shinnecock when he did that. And I turned, I might have been with Alan Shipna. And we kind of looked at each other. And we're, like, what the fuck did he, what, what? Like, I was, like, wait, wait. Like, yeah, I was so, I'm standing there. I'm, like, wait. Hold up, wait, what? Like, I, I was like, am I in a parallel universe? Is there a glitch in the matrix? Like, what the fuck did he just do? Yeah, and that was an act of rebellion. Like, that yeah. was a huge middle finger to the USGA and nothing more than that. And it is shocking that he has continued to just come back after that, too, and 
is played. And so it's interesting. I don't, I don't feel like Phil is the type of guy who wants to apologize. Yeah, I can't see that. On the petty scale, there's me. And then I think there's Phil even more. <laughs> like, I just don't think that, I think it's going to take a long time for him to like suck up his ego and apologize to anyone about this. Because I don't feel like he thinks he's in the wrong. I think that he feels that what he said was right. He believes in what he's doing. And I don't, I don't think he's ever going to apologize. I think he just no. might. I don't think he'll ever play the PGA tour again. He might not, or an USGA event. He might just yeah. honestly wait for the Saudi tour to come together yesterday. and then go play there. And I yeah. think that might be the first time he plays, to be honest. I did. I said that on my Twitch stream yesterday. I said, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. June 5th shows up in London for the live golf tour or whatever. I think that's the first event. And, but the thing is too, like Phil needs PGA tour champions. Like he needs that money. Like he can make a lot of money playing there and I think he he needs it so I don't know I think he's got to kind of make amends at some point or figure it out because golf without Phil isn't fun either granted yeah okay he's a little older but it, it is great having him on the champions tour I mean I can only look at Bernhard Langer for so long <laughs> with that and he and he, he's interesting and, and I always say this about any player who's a bit polarizing I could not like things that they do but I love what they do for the game of golf same with Bryson there's things that Bryson does that I don't always agree with, or I don't like that he says, but I really like Bryson when he's on tour because of what he says and what he does. It just makes it interesting because again, we look and we just have these nice guys on tour all getting along. <laughs> they all seem so great. And it's like, you need people in there to mix it up. And so not having Phil, well, Phil's different. I, I, I have my own <laughs> issues with Phil. <laughs> But all the other guys. We're not to have you guys kiss and make up. We need a fireside with Paige and Phil soon. Can we can we get that going, Octagon? Thanks. Gosh. I don't know. If he if he apologizes and unblocks me, then then maybe. Okay. Maybe I'll I'll reconsider. He's gonna he's gonna apologize to Paige before he apologizes to Jay Monahan. You heard it here first. Just like I feel like Phil Mickelson's like shit list. It's like Paige Moranic, Paige Hates or USGA. <laughs> Literally. Tiger. Oh, uh. gosh. Speaking of shitless, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I have beef with a certain putting method that we're going to get into after this break. So keep on listening. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh 
refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So we are back. Amanda, I have had. You have had a nice week, haven't you? I've had two two weeks in a row now where I've had some Twitter beef. You have. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to like mind my own business and stay out of drama. But that's just, that's not in the cards for me. Not in the cards for me. The first week was I, I kind of started that one. I'll take the blame for that, even though I was in the right. And even though I was in the right. I was in the right, clearly. But I was, it was my birthday. And I just got out of this lovely massage because, you know, what I do is quite stressful. And yeah. you just need time to like to yourself and decompress. And so I am all like oiled up, so relaxed. <laughs> then naturally I go to check Twitter. Naturally, the best thing to do when you feel good inside, you open Twitter because it'll change things immediately. You open Twitter, you know? So I'm just like sitting at the spa, opening Twitter. And, and you know what I see? Hmm. What do you see there, Paige? Yeah, yeah. So I see Aimpoint, Aimpoint. T- taking a shot at me. Aimpoint! <laughs> For people who don't know what Aimpoint is, it's a putting method. You know, it's that thing where like you read it with your feet and you stick like one, two, or three fingers up, four, and it like tells you the break. Yeah. They came at me on Twitter. On Twitter. Of all the people, they come at Paige. So... So, so backstory, can I give a little backstory here for the listeners? So uh, Keegan Bradley was doing his little aim point thing, took him like five minutes to miss a putt, whatever. Everyone's kind of ragging on it. I would just like to say, I stayed out of that. Um, usually I'm quick to be like, what the fuck? Can we hurry up? But I was like, you know what? I just, I want to watch this for a distance, but and I didn't know Paige had tweeted about it. Like I was, you know, watching this, whatever, not knowing Paige had tweeted anything. Next thing I know, aim point is like, hey, Paige, Thanks for the hate. You just helped us sell the most DVDs in a single day. And I was like, wow, that's so great. What'd you double it from? One to two? Like who buys DVDs? You have a VHS too? Maybe uh, are you not ready for Blu-ray? Is that a little too expensive for you? Finger sniffers? Literally the video was, yeah. Keegan Bradley, he was taking forever to put. Honestly, to me, it had nothing to do with Aimpoint. Like I have used Aimpoint. Like when I was in college, my <laughs> coach went at some point. Yeah, and did like an Aimpoint clinic. And we were all yeah. like, you know, finger and buttholes with our two fingers. Like we were literally <laughs> all doing Aimpoint. Like, it was just a thing that we were doing. Yeah. And I've like used Aimpoint for, I have no, no beef with Aimpoint. The video of Keegan Bradley was unbearable to watch. Yeah. I'm sorry. It had nothing to do with aim point. I, I don't care what you do. You could roll around on the putting green and lick it. it <laughs> like I you don't did, care. but then, but that, that video didn't do you too well though, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> go oh, check no. my Instagram account. I have a video of me rolling around <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> that was such a good video, though. I digress. I digress. I don't care. You can do whatever you want, but do it quickly. That was my whole point. I hate slow play. It's my biggest pet peeve. I think that it is ruining the game of golf. And I hate when people say these guys are playing for millions and millions of dollars. They can take as much time as they want. No, that is not mm-hmm. the spirit of the game. Or within That's the not rules. That's how it works. It is not in the rules and you don't, you can't do that. If you look at every other sport, every fucking sport, mm-hmm. you can't just like dribble the ball forever. <laughs> you have a time limit. Yeah. You have to do things in a certain amount of time. Quarterbacks, you have time before you snap it. You have time, like, it's just how it works. Yeah. And so with golf, if you're over the amount of time, even if it's a second, you're over the amount of time that is against the rules yeah. is disrespectful to the game of golf, the spirit of golf. And it's also highly disrespectful to your playing competitors. Yeah, I don't care. You should get a penalty if you are a second over the time limit. And I stand by that. And so when Keegan Bradley was like literally walking around, he stood literally over the ball for mm-hmm. ever, forever. It was such a, it was like a 45 second long video, but it, we don't even know when it first started. It yeah. started like mid his routine. So this could have been going on forever. And so all I did was quote tweet the video and I said, nightmare fuel. That is all I said. All you said. No mention of aim point, Mm-mm. nothing about the putting method. All I said was nightmare fuel. <laughs> nothing about Keegan Bradley. I like Keegan Bradley. I nice put Keegan Bradley continuously. But he's also known for being a bit painful to watch. He has these ticks when he plays. He's a bit of a slow player. It is what it is. Nothing against him. Play, play faster. And so for Aimpoint to come at me and be like, oh, Miss Anti-Bully was so <laughs> quick to ridicule Aimpoint and Keegan Bradley. And I'm like, literally, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Like tweets out of context. It's like they didn't even read the original tweet or like, you know what? Nightmare fuel. They came, they came for me, but I took that personally. Yeah, I am such a big bully. Oh, that's me. Shocking. I was shocked. I'm sitting there shocked. And I'm like fuming right now because I was one of maybe thousands, Mm -hmm. thousands of people within the golf community who tweeted that video. And I did not mention the putting method. Yeah. Other people who had verified check marks were calling for aim point to be eliminated from golf, from the rules. Like at aim point, you shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to do this anymore. Yeah, literally. Yet they call me out for being a bully. And so I had this whole response back to them and I was like, Clearly, you're just using me for clout. Here you go. If you think this is bullying, like, get the fuck off of Twitter. That is one of my other big pet peeves is when people come at me and say that if I defend myself, mm-hmm. if I say something that I can't because I worked with an anti-bullying organization in the past. Like, and it's what? like, do you guys not know what actual bullying is? It's like, no wonder all of us as a society are so fucking soft. Because <laughs> if you think that's bullying, then you have another thing coming to you. Because oh. that is not bullying at all. You're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to be critiqued and it's not bullying. It's, it's, it's just not. No. And so then I was like, you point at least wish me like a happy birthday because I gave you the yeah. gift of engagement. And he was like, happy birthday. I just wish he didn't slam us. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then they tweeted at me again and 
and they kept going and then i jumped and in then, and then cameron and they were like it was a video of cameron smith and they were like cameron smith only took five seconds the video was 15 seconds long Counting's hard page even for aim point that's why they only go up to four I mean, guys usually like to pretend that they last longer than that, but like, what are you guys doing? And then uh, it was just so incredibly bizarre. The entire situation. I will say like, I, out of all the feuds that I've had, I never, I never saw Aimpoint being one of them, but now I'm just going to keep it going because they came at me. And if I'm such a big bully, then here you go. Yeah, no. So first of all, um, I, I just can't get over how they, they like were beating their own drum about DVD sales like that. I just, I couldn't like, that was when I jumped in and was like, first of all, you have a Twitter congrats. Second of all, why are you going after a page? And third, you know, it's 2022, right? Like, where are you going with this? But, but speaking of the time of the stop clocks, I think it's like, um, golf sixes or something or some event in like yeah. Denmark where they have the time clock thing. We should go there. We should be there. They're social media people this year. You have Al- just have Alex or someone call him and you know, we'll get over there and we'll time people and fuck aim point. I'm just kidding, aim point. I didn't mean Yeah, you're like, no, well, I don't want to. No, I did mean that because of Paige. But also, if you ever want to give me money, I'm happy to take it. <laughs> Do they have a competitor? Is there like another competitor I can I can start to? Maybe. That's a great question. I don't know, but if you notice a lot of the guys that use Aimpoint, all your like anchored putter guys, right? So it's like Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley. Okay, those are the only two I can really think of with Aimpoint right now. And they both have weird putters. Apparently Cam Smith. I don't know. They'll probably tweet us as all of their players that only take a maximum of 20 (laughs) seconds. I'm like, no, no, you don't. Like you literally don't there's a timestamp on the video. Like how dumb you know who we should um we should try to um be like besties with Craig Farnsworth, the putting guru, the guy he like used to um, help Nick Faldo and stuff. And I actually took a putting clinic with him. And then the next competitive round I played, like the next few days, I putted the best I've ever put in my life. So we are huge Craig Farnsworth fans here on the Playing Around podcast. Make sure you check him out. He's an old guy. I think he's still around. Yeah, I'm sure he has DVDs. He probably has VHS tapes. Like I'm not even kidding. But go support your local yeah. uh, putting method. Your local putting method. <laughs> oh, they are number one on my shit list because it be. was so uncalled was for. Random. And then there were people that I I know within like the community who were liking that tweet. And I was like, block. I feel like Phil Mickelson. I was like, block, block, block. You're gonna block, have to block. tell me. You're gonna have to later. You have to tell me who did it because then I'll I'll go block you too. Yeah, I I know when people that you think you're cool with like a tweet that's like a jab at you and you're like what what like I wouldn't do that to you like I would never go and like a tweet that you know someone who I know is like getting shit on like I'm not gonna go and like all Lee Westwood's tweets shitting on Golf Digest and you know like Joe Beal like I'm not gonna go and like those tweets even if they are kind of funny they're mean and they're unnecessary but like I you know what I mean like if they know you don't don't like that like you can see when the people you know like your like shit that you're tagged in, so yeah it was on the it was like a verified account I'm like I can see you girl I can see you now you can't see my stuff because I fucking blocked you yeah. but I can see that you looked and I will never forget <laughs> but the thing is it's like aim point comes at me for being a bully but they were bringing attention for people to bully me and I think that is something too that is just so messed up when people do that it's like you're setting me up you know what oh, you're doing. Yeah. Clearly, you know what you're doing. 
you were setting me up to be bullied. And the first comment, the very first comment on it was, she's a whore. Well, I mean, that's not true, first of all. You don't have sex for money. Um, so you're not a whore. Second of all, there like, we go. I'm glad we crossed that one off the list. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they're literally setting you up to be bullied. And like, I know when sometimes people will say something mean to me, I used to like, would like retweet it. Like, I remember one time someone was like, oh, you and your draining American horse shit. And I was like- Okay, so I went, all right, guys, go after him. And I like tweeted it and people were vicious. I mean, this poor guy, I mean, granted, I actually, I think I was in like Ireland at the time. So jet lagged, probably drinking was like, go after him, get him. And it's fun to do that, but it's kind of mean when you send the the, the wolves out, but it is kind of fun. Come at me, I'm coming I'll come at you, at you I mean, too. It's as, yeah, it's just as simple as that. We are in this together now. Like the first week, it was your feud that I jumped I in know. and it turned out to be mine. And then this week, it was me against same point that you jumped in. Is my feud. Just know that. So anyone who fights with Paige, you're fighting with me, and I can be fucking mean. So don't. It's not worth it. We do have to talk about because it's the week of feuds. It is Lee Westwood yeah. getting in the mud with golf yeah. digest, which honestly, I thought it was pretty funny. I did too. I don't think that it was warranted off of the tweet. Mm-hmm. So a uh, golf digest writer tweeted out that DJ it would show up to the first tee and not know who Richard Bland is. Richard Bland is this um I call him a journeyman one since people were offended by that, but I, no, I feel like that's a sh- great description of yeah, kind of he's been, what he's been through. Yeah. You know, he's 49 years old. He's an Englishman. He just won last summer for the first time on the DP world tour on the European tour. So he, he's had a long career out on the European tour, but he hasn't quite gotten that win. And he finally did. And, you know, he had the chance to, to make it to the masters and he just missed that this week. But yeah, so the tweet was, yeah, like you said, the tweet was, I'm saying like DJ would have no idea who Richard Bland was. But that was I could tell very obviously that was more of a commentary on DJ than Richard Bland because Richard Bland has received nothing but love and support this week from everyone. And as he should, he's one of Even the best last guys year out at the there. US Open when he was leading. Yeah. It was like the Richard Bland yes. story. Like people were so yeah. excited for him. Exactly. And so, and I understand like Golf Digest or, you know, this writer, Joel Beal and, and Lee Westwood and some of the other guys have been kind of feuding and throw some other writers in there. And all of it sends back to the Saudi Arabia Golf League and uh, the thing is that I'm seeing in Lee Westwood now, I, it appears to me that he really, really maybe, I don't want to say needs the money because I don't know his financial situation, but he obviously really wants that Saudi Arabian money. And he's obviously embarrassed about wanting it or maybe needing it because of his reaction to everything. Now, it, it, there are a lot of guys that if you're in your end of your career, you're 48 years old and someone's offering you 30 million a year. I mean, yeah, you take it and I get it. But I think there needs to be a way that Lee is just been, can be like, you know what? Yeah, I want the money. You think I'm a, you know, blood money taker, whatever. I don't really care. I'm going to do what's best for me. That would be fine. But like, don't just go after writers and stuff and then send your 1 million followers on the writer when you kind of missed the kind of missed what was the joke yeah and that's the thing like I want to be careful I mean I don't think Lee Westwood's gonna listen to this um and I don't really want him sending his fans out on me because I've never said a bad word about Lee Westwood I've been a fan of his um my whole life but I just I do kind of feel bad like I feel bad for Joel Beale I think he's a really nice guy he wrote a really interesting article a few years ago um about 
his own journey and realizing his autism. And, um, you know, I think that's, it was, a, it was an incredible story. He wrote, I read it back when he wrote it and I, someone tweeted it recently and it was a really nice story. And just that kind of makes me feel even more bad. It's like, oh my gosh, like we really shouldn't be sending people out to attack this guy, but at the same, and, and actually, no, I'm going to say one more thing. So people are saying, oh, well, you, you know, there you needs to be more accountability from like golf digest senior writer. It's like, but that's his Twitter. Like he's not publishing that in the magazine. Like he can say whatever he wants on his Twitter and nothing he really said was mean. It wasn't about, it really wasn't a bad tweet. Again, it, it was more a shot at DJ being oblivious to everything around him, which is well known. Like you see his <laughs> literally interview clips, like DJ is the way he is. And that's why we love him. I mean, mm -hmm. they said, what's the best part about being at Augusta? And he said the sandwiches. Yeah, literally. It's just how DJ is. And so yeah. again, yeah, I took that tweet as a shot at DJ, not a shot at Richard Bland. I can also see the other side where, you know, they're probably really good friends with him. They want to defend him. And it just, it was an opportunity to take shots at Golf Digest and which I'm happy to do most of the time. Like, <laughs> we all love taking shots at people. <laughs> and it's hard because I, I, I see both sides of it because I think that like, there are times where I will respond to someone else and maybe it wasn't warranted. And then I have all of my followers attacking that person. Yeah. And I feel bad sometimes. And it depends. It sometimes. really does depend. But at the same time, it's like we're on Twitter for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's conflict. You want drama. And my issue is when people don't play it back and forth. I think this actually would have been a really good opportunity for Golf Digest to leverage this into more followers. Turn it into a game. That's what I do. Same like with Aimpoint. It's a game now. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. There should be that back and forth. I wish Aimpoint was coming back at me because then it's like it turns into this thing and people like want to tune in and they want to watch it. Yeah. And so for Golf Digest, which it, it's a bit of a... a a dying publication within the game. I feel like Golf Digest once was, yeah. it was, it was once at the top and now people look at Golf Digest and some of their posts aren't that great. I mean, it, people laugh about it, but this would have been a cool opportunity for him to keep jumping back and Lee yeah. would have kept jumping back and people would start to follow Golf Digest because it's fun. They like this. It's drama. Yeah. It's like a reality show that's happening in front of your eyes. And so again, I, Maybe he just, I, I didn't see much back and forth from Golf Digest side, except for them kept telling Lee to like, stop it. Yeah, I saw- That's lame. Yeah. I don't like that. That's stupid. Like no, what Lee was saying wasn't even that mean, in my opinion. He was just like calling them out. Well, he did call him a bell end a bunch, which is like English slang for a penis, like calling him a dick. He's a bell end. So I will say that like- <laughs> It's kind of funny. <laughs> it is kind of funny, but also it's like he did keep saying that, so. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Paige. Paige is like, ha, penis joke. <laughs> I have like the sense of humor of like a 12-year-old boy. I know, that's why I love you. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I think that maybe my mind is just like so fucked up from being in this industry for like I such a long so time too. that Me I have too, like though. I have like no sense of like reality or what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> I just like work in like the guidelines of my life is Twitter. And it's like, if someone's mean to you, you can be mean back and you have to keep being mean to each other. And that's how it works. And I'm like, that's not real life. Like people shouldn't act that way. No. And we are seeing people act in ways that are not really acceptable by society guidelines. For example, 
Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. So that was crazy. So actually, okay. So I'm watching the video when it happens and he says something about, you know, Chris Rock says something about GI Jane. The camera pans to Will and Jada. Will is laughing. He laughs. He looks over at her and she's going. (laughs) And I think that's why I think he got really embarrassed and was like, oh shit, I got to do something. So then he slapped him. That's my opinion. What was your view of all that? Holding's crazy to me. I will say this, that I saw a lot of women on Twitter and they were like, if my husband defended me by slapping someone, like that's what I, all I want in life. I'm like, no, to me, that's, that's a awful. pussy move. Yeah. I don't like that. If someone says something mean to me and your first reaction is to bitch slap that person, no way. And what is up with all these guys open palm, like slapping people? What happened to a good old fashioned punch? Like, if you're going to, like, if you're, you're going to be, like, hyper-masculine and hit Ooh, someone, punch. wouldn't you want to just punch them instead of, like, oh, like, they're having, like, complaints. Like, even Will's, like, slap was, like, it was, I don't know. To me, I didn't look at that as, like, a woman and was, like, yeah, I love that. That's so hot. I jokingly did that because I tweeted. I was, like, how do I find a man that's going to do that? And everyone's, like, the local county jail. And then finally, <laughs> that was, like, the local county jail was the best response. And then someone else was, like, do you really, like, do you have no class or something like that? And then someone underneath goes, dot, 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 it's satire. And I was, like, thank you. So then I finally had to tweet. I'm, like, it's a joke. I don't want a man to fight other men. Let's fight with our words. Scott, can you imagine, like, our future husbands? Or lightsabers. Yeah, lightsabers. If someone <laughs> picked out a lightsaber and was like fighting, then Leah, it changed my panties. I mean, came over. No. <laughs> There's, I think they're they're bringing out lightsaber, lightsabers, sabers, whatever the fuck they're called. They're bringing yeah, them out in Fortnite. Sabers, but sabers. <laughs> yeah, they're doing. They're supposed to bring them out in Fortnite. I don't know if it's going to be like a pickaxe tool or if it's like an actual like melee weapon. I don't know, but it should be interesting. Yeah, the whole thing was just super bizarre. But again, it, <laughs> it goes back to our original point of like we feel entitled to be able to do whatever we want because we're offended it's, that's not how this works anymore yeah. it goes back to again Aimpoint calling me a bully for saying absolutely nothing to Lee Westwood being offended by missing a, a small little piece of the joke mm-hmm. to um, Chris Rock being a comedian and not being able to do his job Well, that one goes back and forth yeah. I, I understand that he said something about Jada made a joke about her con- hair condition which I is something he did he that, know like I don't know he said he didn't know okay so and that's the thing too like he didn't know and if he had known I'm sure you, you know he wouldn't have said it but then uh, I mean but then that also kind of you understand like Will's reaction in a way because you know it's not easy. It can't be easy. No, but I mean it's like you're at the Oscars. I know, and it's live, and you go and like that was a little weird. Slap someone. It's just, and then he wins, and everyone like forgets about it, and then he's like dancing to like he's like God told me to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like did he? God told me to bitch slap someone. I'm like God told me to go steal a Ferrari, but I haven't done it yet because I don't want to hang out in the county jail with my future husband speaking of ferrari so i was in california for a work trip and i was able to drive a ferrari (gasps) for a day oh my god so yeah it was was amazing so much fun it was insane so my hands were like shaking palms (laughs) were sweaty like i yeah (laughs) i was literally just like trembling and like showed me how to like drive and everything Ah. i will say 
I can't stop that thing. I have like a lead foot, but I was driving this car and I was like, when I was going, I was fine. But anytime I had to like slow down or stop, I was like, it was like a touch break. He like looked over at me and was like, you good? You steal. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I like gave him like a head nod. I was like, just like going back and forth and but uh it was fun to drive speaking of cars I had to mention that one that sounds like a lot of fun I'm a little jealous but it sounds like a lot of fun so maybe we can go drive Ferraris together at some point yes but I think that my braking issue goes back to the first car that I was given well it was my dad's was it like an old SUV or something the grocery getter it was a sob but it was a like a hatchback and so oh I know I remember that car yeah and so I drove it and he gave it to me uh, when I went to school and I drove it in college but the brakes didn't quite work they would lock up and so oh, you would no. have to slam on the brakes and so I'd be like backing up and the brake would lock and I'm like like literally pushing as hard as I possibly could oh, no. and like the front bumper came off it was a whole mess but I think that that has forever ruined my driving because whatever car I'm in especially with like a touchy brake I'm mm. like full on like head yeah. in the back of the, <laughs> the seat every time I, I touch it okay so I will be the driver uh confirmed also yeah thank you but then no we have we got to get like a courtesy uh ferrari for when we go to like the u.s open or the pga championship we got to be arriving in style page if people are gonna be like you your pot's doing really well (laughs) yeah look how good we're doing we have a ferrari sponsorship like it's amazing (laughs) oh gosh but back to you (laughs) (laughs) where were we where were we um will smith chris rock Ultimately, do you agree with it or disagree with what happened? Was it just I good mean, for television? I'll be honest. Like if there, if I had like a guy that was a very nonviolent guy that I dated for a really long time and really like never, you know, raised his hands to me or anyone else and went up and did that, I would probably be like a little turned on. But like if he's someone that's not violent, like if you're a crazy person, yeah. no. But I mean, at the end of the day, you should never put your hands on anyone. Like that's never okay. Um, but I don't know. I almost feel like it was staged, like to just walk up there. I mean, it wasn't, but like at first I thought it was. And I was like, wait, like when I woke up and saw it, I was like, this can't be real. No. So I think with what I do, like my line of work, (laughs) I can't be with someone who is like that because (laughs) I have been at so many events that a guy has said something like highly inappropriate to me. And I don't want to just deal with someone who's getting in fist fights all the time or slapping other people. So I have to be with someone who is very level-headed and just kind of lets that stuff roll off their back. And I also feel that like, I am a strong, independent woman. And if someone says something to me, I want to have the ability to say something back first. I want to defend myself. I don't need a man to defend me. I can defend myself with my words. And so, or a Twitter beef. but I I would like for someone to let me have the first word and if it escalated fine like you can step in but I don't want someone having to defend me I want to be able to do it myself because I'm gonna feel like hey like you you took my time to say something mean to someone else and I want that (laughs) I want that time back damn it that's fair yeah so I don't know I I no, you're, you're so right. I didn't even think about it from like your perspective, but I mean, you are so right in your line of work. You could not be with someone that 
has a temper or anything like that. And honestly, no one really should be with anyone that has that kind of a temper. No, but I can see why I think some women find it hot or attractive. I mean, they're like, they're defending your honor in a way. Yeah. I think it's some like level we are wired to find that attractive. Like we are biologically, is- evolutionarily, we are. That's, I mean, that's how we have been breeding as humans for hundreds of thousands of years or a hundred thousand years, I guess as homo sapiens, but it's, it, it all comes down to the social structures and the men are supposed to protect the women because women have babies, right? So you, you, when you have a baby or you're pregnant, you can't really move around and do stuff. So you need the men to be able to provide, be able to protect you when you're in bed with a baby. So I think, you know, evolutionarily, biologically, that makes sense, but yeah. you still shouldn't punch people. Or I mean, I guess open hand slapping's fine, but <laughs> a little bitch. But, but I would rather punch. I, I'm yeah. still gonna say that. Like, if it would be to that point, if we're somewhere and someone says something highly inappropriate to me, I would. If a guy slapped another man, I would be like, <laughs> really? Then you I would turn around that. and punch him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you throw a punch. Like that's what you would do. But yeah, guys don't, don't, violence is never the answer. Never, never punch, never hit someone. But a guy, I will say this though, a guy who is witty and has like a sharp tongue, yeah. that's a turn on to me. So like yeah. if we're somewhere and someone insults you and you say something back that just like can bring them to their knees and destroy them without violence. Yeah. That is so hot to me. I think that is like my number one turn on. I like someone who is like super witty and can like just destroy you with words. Like literally the entire population of the United Kingdom. And I'm trying so hard to find my, my English man. Actually, I like the Irish too. It's not UK. Well, Northern Ireland is, but GB and I will say GB and I. Is that why you're like, Paige, you have to go to the open. I'm going to the open. Take me to the open. <laughs> well, yes, partially yes, but also I just need to travel internationally. Like I, I was, I was complaining about something. God, I haven't been anywhere lately. Like I think the last time I left the country was when I went to Dubai, like last year. And everyone's like, wait, you have left the country. You literally went across the fucking globe and you were complaining. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I need more culture. Like that was very, that wasn't super cultured there. Cause it's like an amalgam or whatever, just a conglomerate of all these other cultures kind of an amalgamation. An amalgamation. <laughs> yes. But no, we are, we're, we're going to Scotland. We can go visit the highlands. We can go see where they filmed Outlander. We know all that fun stuff. It's true. So I have been to Dubai four or five Four times, four times. Do you like Dubai? I'm not a big fan. It's interesting. I think it's a place that you need to go and you need to see. I describe it as Disneyland or Disney World mixed with Vegas for adults. Like it has the gambling and drinking. Yeah. (laughs) And prostitution. Well, no, there's a lot of prostitution there. Actually, I take that back. They're all prostitutes. Maybe that's why I kept getting invited back. You'll think I'm a whore. Fair. Okay. There is no way you had so many men asking you to come like see their super yachts when you were in Dubai. No, but we, I mean, yeah, I've been there like four times. The malls are incredible. They They're are. crazy. Um, there's like a lot of tourists on there. So it's very different, I think, than how people expect it to be. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like, again, you're like in this fake world where yeah. you see diamond encrusted Mercedes and the cops driving like Lamborghinis and Ferraris and, um, 
the most insane G-Wagons, like I the know. most insane cars. But then you see these, you know, poor migrant workers that have had everything taken from them. They have their passports taken, you know, after they come over, so they can't leave. They live two hours outside of Dubai in like Sharjah or something, like way outside of there. So it's like they have these awful lives and it's like, that's what's built that city. And it's just so sad. And like, that's what makes me really sad about that. Cause I'm like, most people, it's like, you know what? Oh. It, you know what it reminds me? <laughs> what? It cuts the national really that's funny and what so i've never been to augusta national is it because it's like everything's pristine and clean and you know there's like some kind of weird crime going on behind the scenes or i don't know that but it's like augusta is beautiful augusta national is but scary not yeah yes i believe there's like an underground augusta jail i have this full baked out theory about it and like if you do something wrong they take you down there and then forever you just yeah like you then work there like that's your life now you spend eternity in the hooters parking lot and have to help john daly sell merch you are underground the golf course making bird sounds like that is your life Yo, remember when CBS was pumping in nature sounds? Nope, that's not CBS. It's the underground workers. That's right. Sorry. Wrong. You're right, Paige. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's, and, it's Gary, uh, what's his name? Gary McCord every year when he's not invited back, they shove him in the jail and make him make bird noises. So he gets his cuckoo. Yeah, he gets his pay from a CBS that week doing that. <laughs> that's Gary McCord. He's just down there, you know, working his hours off. Hello, friends. That bird is Gary. <laughs> you just know. And like golf course, beautiful. Yeah. The surrounding areas. Yeah, Augusta. The nicest place is like a Waffle House. Literally, though. Or the Champions Retreat, which is a little bit like away from there, which is like a nice little community in on itself. It, it's just the most bizarre thing. It's like that tournament makes a shit ton of money mm-hmm. every single year. I mean, even just the merch shop. I was like, about they to made... say, I think they say like they pay for the tournament every single year in the merch shop alone, not even counting food or ticket sales or I guess their food probably wouldn't give them that much money when a sandwich is a dollar fifty. But like the merch tents, I, that's where they make all of their money. So not having the masters in the spring uh, two years ago was really hard for them because they lost a lot of that money that they normally would have made. So you're thinking though, why can't you put it back into the rest of the town? I don't you care. You think that you'd want to build the rest of it up, Mm-mm. but that's nope. what's that's what's special about Augusta. It's like middle of nowhere, really hidden. You never know it was there, kind of thing. And that's I think that's the beauty of it. But like I can't imagine. Well, I guess a lot of guys rent houses and stuff. I was gonna say. Like I'm saying like motel sixes, but yeah, everyone just kind of rents houses and stuff when they're down there. Let's do some TNA. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count So we are back with some TNA. So the first question is, what are your bucket list golf courses that you want to play? Great question. I I clearly want to play Augusta. Obviously. <laughs> Have to play that. Um, I really want to play Oakmont. I've never played Oakmont. I want to play Pine Valley. People say that Pine Valley is the best golf course. It's yeah. better than Augusta National. It's better than Cypress. It is by far the best golf course out there. So those are a couple that I'm dying to play. That's awesome. So I would say internationally, the one course I really want to play is Valderrama in Soda Grande, Spain. I love Ana Lucia. I love Spain. Um, love to play Valderrama. Course, obviously, Augusta National. Now, Pine Valley, I would love to ride or not ride, like walk around Pine Valley, but it just looks so fucking hard. Like there's just bunker everywhere, fescue everywhere. Um, I mean, that definitely would be an awesome course to play. There's Cyprus. I mean, Cyprus, Monterey, anything on in California, really. Um, I mean, I guess like Valderrama or Augusta really would be my two, my two big ones. I love beautiful golf. I do too. So there's like, I obviously want to play St. Andrews, Mm -hmm. but it's not the most scenic. It's not. Yeah. Any type of like link style courses. Well, they are um, scenic because like, you can see like other islands and like when you're yeah, on the water. Yeah, but sometimes uh, like Shinnecock. There's just some courses that are like highly touted that I'm not like, I would love to play, but I'm not like super excited yeah. to play. No, I get that. Like I love like a manufactured, beautiful golf course. Real, so I like Nat, like I like, I like Ross and Dick Wilson courses. Like those are my guys, even throwing a tilling hast here and there. But I really like that kind of classic Northeast golf course um you know small yeah. greens not you know be, being able to kind of run it up there and stuff um so that's the, that's the kind of golf I like and you know it's so different on the west coast you know you have a lot more of the manufactured yeah. golf courses out there and you need more of like the older courses out here so it is interesting you know and I got to play more of the manufactured manufactured stuff in Florida um when I was down there so my game fits link style the best by far Amazing. like I always play really well on link style golf courses I play really bad on manufactured type mm. of golf courses but for but like beauty wise yeah. they're what I love to play and like you're right like I grew up in Colorado very scenic golf courses mm-hmm. um Arizona a lot of them are manufactured and same with you know west coast like all west coast golf mm-hmm. it's just kind of like that and that's just what I have grown to mm-hmm. love and get used to Next question is, how do you feel about someone teaching you the game who has, who doesn't like know it well? So I think we were trying to figure out what this question 
really meant. And I think it's that when people who are either like new to the game or not very good try to help other players, I am highly against this. Yeah, I am too. Highly against this. There's been so many times where I've been on the driving range and I see this poor girl who has never played golf before being taught how to play by her shitty ass boyfriend who can't break 150 and he's giving her terrible advice and golf is hard already. It's difficult. And when you're getting horrible advice on top of that, you're just bound to fail. And so I hate when people who don't know what they're talking about feel entitled to like give advice because they're just a little bit better than you hate that. I despise. No, I agree. If you're ever going to learn the game from anyone, it has to be from a good teaching professional, not just the guy at your pro shop, right? It has to be a good teaching professional. I'm not saying the person who works, you know, the, your head pro or his assistants aren't good teachers. I don't know, but there's a chance that if, if it's not a teaching pro specifically, who's completely focused on that. And you have someone who's, you know, focused on running a golf shop. It's, it's just, it's not quite the same, you know, you're not going to get the same level out of that. So if you do want to learn the game, you need to go to someone who knows it very well, who it might not be cheap, but you, if you want to do it right, you know, golf is, is a game of bad habits and whoever has the best of the bad habits wins. And you need to, you just, you need to be able to develop good habits early on in the game. Well, and I think people get confused. There's a difference between a PGA pro Mm -hmm. who plays on tour and then a PGA teaching pro. And the process is very different. So there's a process that you have to go through. You have to go through. Different governing bodies um, too. PGA of America versus PGA tour. Yep. Different classes, different programs, uh, the experience you have to get. But the playing test, you only have to break 80 (laughs) from the white tees and they put the pins in the middle of the green. And so you actually don't have to be that good yeah. of a player to pass, <laughs> which fair amount of people who are teaching aren't actually that good at the game. Yeah. And they don't know that much about it. They don't, a lot of them don't come from a playing background. Um, it's just something that they've decided to do. And not saying that you have to be a great player to be a great right. instructor. I think it that helps. you do need to just be really knowledgeable, but a lot of them come from just working in a pro shop and then just kind of, you know, seeing what's going on then they just start teaching so there are good teaching professionals and there are really 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 shitty ones out there so you need to be careful of that there's also teaching professionals who just want to make money and so you're not actually going to get better because they're trying to like fix everything in your swing and I feel like some of them do it to keep you coming back for a really long time and they're trying to completely retool your entire game and that is also not the right way to do it i feel like there's just a lot of people that really just don't know the swing like some of the best coaches i've ever seen don't play ever on their own because they're busy teaching um if they did play they probably shoot like 75 because they don't practice and they're busy making other people really good so i just you got to find the right teaching pro you got to look and and online and make sure it's it's someone that's qualified you know not every single person that has pj of america like class a or whatever teaching whatever is going to be good at that so people got to figure well, and it out. also good for you too yeah. because there's so many different swing philosophies mm-hmm. out there that fit your body differently so there's obviously like one plane two plane different ways to swing it you have you know george gankus who does a, a pretty unique mm-hmm. swing great for some people terrible for other people and so I even felt that myself. So you need to find a a teaching professional 
who is really knowledgeable in all of the different types of swings and philosophies because they'll actually help you find what's natural mm-hmm. and just improve on that yep. instead of trying to make you fit the mold of a certain swing they're going to fit a certain mold to your you know natural ability and what feels good to you and I think that's the best thing it's even like when you go to club fitting mm-hmm. so like when I go to club champion I love working with them because they never try to fix your swing to fit a golf club. They mm-hmm. fit the golf clubs to you. Yeah, exactly. And they've been at other fitting places where it's like, uh, well, you're, you here, try this with your swing and then the club will work. I'm like, that's not, yeah, that's how, not how it works. Club fitting works, mm-hmm. but it's also the same with, um, swings too, for like women, you know, I always struggled with my takeaway because I have, you know, um, boobs. It's just, they're there. I have boobs. <laughs> I have boobs. And a lot of male instructors, because they don't have boobs, they don't know how to, to set up differently. Yeah. So I started working with Tyler Hall and he was the first one. I was like, I can't take it back. Right. And he's like, well, like you have a chest, let's move a little farther away. You're not supposed to do that. Right. But it actually fixed my taste. That's great. And so again, it's like working with people who understand your body, mm-hmm. your athletic ability, where you are in your game. And then from there, they'll improve it. You improve your swing, improve your game and not massive changes either. Cause a lot of people don't have the time and effort to be able to practice five hours a day to actually make a swing change. No, I, just want I something agree. Small fix. That's going to help you just play better golf. Like that's what swing instructors should be doing, but they don't want to do that because then it's like one small fix. You're never going to come back again. And then they lose out on money. <laughs> Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just think, yeah, you just got to go to the right person. You got to find something right for you and just don't listen to you like your buddies or your boyfriend or some no. guy that's not a plus three handicap. Like it's just, or me. I mean, you could listen to me because I don't know what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. For more TNA, you can email us at par at iheartradio.com or you can send us an Instagram message at the playing around account. And don't forget to leave some five stars, write us a nice review, send it out to anyone you know. We're trying to grow this as much as we possibly can. So we always appreciate the support and we will catch you here next time. Thanks, guys. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 